Hey everybody, welcome to the Joseph Smith Show. Thank you for tuning in to my special episode on the story, The Bomb That Fell on America. I do not actually know who wrote this story, but it expounds upon our lesson last Monday on the power of the soul of man and the relationship between God and man and its potential. Please enjoy this story and don't forget to leave a good review and a notification bell on so that you can be ready for our episode on Monday at 8 a.m. Thanks. I went to call on the Lord in his house on the high hill, my head full of 300 million having to grow up overnight. If ever a people, Lord, needed a miracle, the Lord, he looked at me as a mountain might look at a molecule. I suppose you mean that you want me to come sliding down a sunbeam and make 300 million self-willed egotists overnight into 300 million cooperative angels. Brother, said the Lord in a voice that shook the windows, that isn't the sort of universe you're living in, and that isn't the sort of God I am. The room was suddenly vast with stars set abright in the ceiling. There is only one miracle, said the Lord. All else is cause and effect. All else is law. The thunder withdrew from the voice, and the words came hushed and clear, like the first stars in twilight, each star a newborn glory. There is only one miracle, and it is already accomplished. That miracle is the human soul. The Lord, he lifted his head, and the Milky Way was his hair. The soul is like the atom, he said, wonderfully like the atom. Consider the atom, so minute, no lens you can make can enlarge it to a point where your eye can see it, yet there's a whole solar system inside it, whirling around a nucleus like the planets around the sun. So feeble in its unreleased state, yet actually the greatest force save one in creation. The greatest force in creation save one. The Lord strode through his house, so the timbers whispered to each other, He's thinking of the soul tonight, of the soul of man and the power asleep in the soul. He always shakes the house when he thinks of the power, the power asleep, asleep in the soul of man. I have given you a soul, cried the Lord, and you asked me to come down and do a magician's trick. The people who smashed the atom didn't beg me to come down with a thunderbolt and split the nucleus for them. They knew that there is power in the atom and they set to work to release it. They succeeded and shook not only New Mexico, they shook the world. All they had to do was to get past the electrons, crack the nucleus, and release the power waiting to be used. There is power in the human soul, said the Lord. When you break through and set it free like the power of the atom, more powerful than the atom, it can control the atom, the only thing in the world that can. I told you that the atom is the greatest force in the world save one. That one is the human soul. But, said the Lord, and the stars in the sky seemed to stand still and listen. The power must be released. As the atom breakers released the power of the atom, they had to get past the electrons to get at the energy packed in the nucleus. And I have to get past the deal of ego to release the power that is packed in the soul of man. I keep shooting my rays toward the nucleus and the charged field keeps fending them off. But now and then one gets by. The nucleus is split and the power is released and things begin to happen on a scale that makes men gasp and talk about miracles. But it isn't a miracle. It's just the soul of man coming to its own. It's just the soul of man, freed at last to be itself. The Lord, he looked at me and his eyes, his eyes pierced like hot wires. Perhaps, he said, there's something in you and numerous others that will have to be cracked open if 300 million people are going to grow up overnight. Something in you, said the Lord, something perhaps in you. That was a joke and I laughed, but the Lord wasn't laughing. I hastened to reassure him. 
There's nothing the matter with me. It's the other fellow. That's the trouble. 300 million of them, I said. I know all about the 300 million, said the Lord. I thought he seemed a little tired as he said it. But I don't at the moment seem able to see anyone but you. Me, Lord, I said. How odd. I'm sure you must be mistaken. There's nothing about me that need give you a moment's uneasiness. Silence rose out of the ground. Straight, hard, and thick as a wall. Rose like a wall between us, between the Lord and me, and my nose flat up against it, and the Lord on the other side. I'm one of your troopers, I said. Lord, I've been fighting your battles for years and years, a lifetime, in fact, you might say. On the, on the side of angels, I put it. Always on the side of angels. The wall was so cold it sweated, and I began to sweat too. You know all about it, Lord. Please don't pretend that you don't. I've run my business on the golden rule for 30 years, given talks on Christ and industry, written pamphlets on Christ and labor, been a vestryman in the church, a trustee of hospitals and boys clubs, fought in a dozen good causes, been wounded and fought the day after. Not an awful lot happened, but then you know how things are in the world. The idealist is always slapped down. I don't have to tell you that. The wall, it got higher and higher and thicker and colder and wetter. I had to shout to make sure the Lord could hear me at all. You can't do this to me. I'm a pillar, I cried. I'm a cornerstone. I'm not a materialist, a scoffer, a cynic, a highbrowed what have you. I'm one of the Christians that hold the social structure together. The Lord said not a word, but space. Space began to speak. Space spoke in icicles, icicles pointed like knives, icicles dropping on me till I froze and I burned and I bled. I'm a good man, Lord, I called. I don't get the idea. I felt a hand on my collar, a hand that made me remember the woodshed and the shingle and the glint in the father's eye, and a voice, a voice was saying, why, oh why am I mercy when I want to be nothing but justice and expunge what I cannot inspire? But I seem to be mercy as well as justice, and that, said the Lord, is your luck. I still don't get it, I said. I'm not one of those who have bucked you. I've gone your way. I've I know I'm no dazzling seraph, and my sword has no flaming edges, but I drew it always for you. I am not interested, said the Lord, in what you think you have done for me, or the sword you have drawn for me, in causes you chose and called mine. To me, you are a life, a life with a soul at the center, and nothing you do has meaning but as fruit of that which you are. The Lord bent over me as a mother bends over a baby. You are a child, said the Lord, and my heart is sick with your childishness, but you have a soul and I've found that you just never can tell if I could get by your ego and somehow crack open your nucleus. Something might happen and there is a world at stake. You are nobody and then again, you are America. You are nobody and you are 300 million people who have to grow up overnight. The Lord, he lifted me up and the Lord, he set me down in a desert, he set me down wilder and darker than any in New Mexico. And there was a cross in the desert and a man on the cross. And I was alone in the world, alone with a man on a cross, alone except for the world and the Lord, and the Lord, a voice in my heart, a voice and no more. Look at the man, it said, and look at yourself, sons of the same father, but who would dream it? The firefly and the sun are no more alike than you two. The firefly can't do anything about it, but you can. That's a part of the miracle of the soul I was telling you about, that the human creature can change, become different, grow out of the nature of the firefly, grow into the quality of the sun, the worm and the moth, the cocoon and the butterfly, you and what God wants you to be. I stood in the desert and there was a cross in the desert and a man on the cross. 
Look at him, said the voice, and look at yourself. Look at him and be still. Look at yourself and be honest. How do you appear to yourself beside him? I looked and it seemed as though the earth dropped from under my feet and I was hanging in space, currents that pressed me down and currents that pressed me up. What do you see, said the voice. I've never been crucified, I said. No, said the voice. You have never been crucified. Do you know why? I felt suddenly ashamed. I've never made people angry enough. The voice was still for a long time, and when it spoke, it seemed to come from mountains afar off. The world is sick, said the voice. For dearth of crucifixions, men give houses to those who hate them and country estates to those who spit on them. They crucify only those who love them. I tremble for a world that has no crucifixions. I felt a chasm open and stood on the edge and shrank back. Lord, let me go, I cried. Let me go back to my world. Not yet. Look again, look deep, and say what you see. I talked about love, but I myself never loved. What else? I talked about Christ, but I worshipped only myself. What else? I talked about truth, but I never dared look her in the face. Oh, why, man, why, cried the Lord, and I knew that he too was in agony. Why did you not dare? Truth I knew was fire. Truth burned, and truth drove. Truth was a whip. Truth demanded thought, and I was indolent. Truth demanded courage, and I was timid. The man on the cross, said the voice, was not timid. I sank at the foot of the cross. Truth is not in me. I have fed on lies. What else? The voice was judgment, speaking from far away. What else? said the voice. I left up like a rabbit before the hounds. Ten thousand miles I ran through desert wastes. Ten thousand miles I heard the voice at my ear. Ten thousand miles and I knew that flight was in vain and fell and heard the voice, tender as a bird's song at daybreak in the boughs of millennial sequoias, asking, what else? I sank amid thorns, broken and torn and choked. I am unclean. I am unclean. Across the worlds I heard the voice of the Lord, and I leapt up once more and ran and fell, and always where I fell there was a cross, and there was a voice asking, What else? What else? Until at last, stripped naked and afire with all the self-will broken, shaking and sobbing and sobbing and shaking, I lay alone in space, alone save for a cross and a fire on the cross. Bright as three suns at midday, I said, This is the end. I am dust, and the wind shall scatter me. This is the end. Who shall look truth in the face and live? But the voice said, This is the beginning. This is daybreak. Give me your life, and day shall be like a new world. The unclean shall be clean, the cowardice courage, the weakness power. Give me your life, and I will make it a spade to dig the foundations of a new world, a crowbar to pry loose the rocks, a hoe to make sand and cement, a trowel to bind stone and make them a wall. Man without God is a bubble in the sea, a single grain of sand on an infinite beach. God without man is a mind without tongue or ears or eyes or fingers or feet. God and man together, we are such a power as not all the atoms in all creation can match. I laid my hands there in the hand of God and the desert floor was singing. The rays of the Lord shot past the electrons. The rays of the Lord split the nucleus. The rays of the Lord released the power in the soul. Shout, 300 million who have to grow up overnight. Exultantly against the dazzling pinnacles of heaven, the voice of the Lord beat so that light and sound blended and came back singing fire. There is power in the soul of man, said the Lord. When you break through and set it free like the power of the atom, more powerful than the atom, it can control the atom, the only thing in the world that can. 
I told you that the atom is the greatest force in the world save one. That one is the human soul. I hope you guys enjoyed The Bomb That Fell on America. Please be sure to join us on Monday at 8 a.m. with our new weekly episode. Enjoy the weekend. Thanks. Thanks.